Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Big Ten Show brought to you by Bookmaker. Find them online for all the lines. It's bookmaker.eu. Better yet, tweet them today and get a $100 free play. All you got to do is tweet bookmaker underscore EU. Tell them you signed up at bookmaker.eu and you could be winning sooner rather than later. Welcome into another edition of the Big Ten Show. He's the almost famous Adam Carricker, former NFL defensive end, former Husker. I am Jeff Turn, the much less famous Jeff Turn, as we welcome you into another Big Ten Show brought to you by Jacobson Seed Company, your healthy hybrid advantage. Get a head start on next year's yield. Make sure you're out of the field and on the couch watching games and making more money. Check them out today at jacobsonseed.com. Adam, it was a wild weekend of football, man. We're going to get to all the games and uh, how about those hot guys? Uh, we will get to them in just a second. But but first, breaking news on Friday is that Jim Harbaugh was going to be suspended for three games, the final regular season games for Michigan, based on the sign-stealing saga that was going on with Connor Stallions, his staff, and the university. Now, they tried to get an injunction, but they were unable to do so, a TRO, a temporary restraining order. So instead... It was their OC that coached the game on Saturday. Michigan gets the win, which we will talk about. First of all, though, man, I want to get your reaction to a three-game suspension. We talked last week about this situation, sort of what we thought might happen, what should happen. Now that it did come to fruition, and we will wait to see how the appeals process works out this week, but immediate reaction to a three-game suspension for Harbaugh is what? Well, it's, it's, it's a couple of things. It's number one, the Big Ten has come out and said they're not done with the investigation. They don't have all the information. They actually don't have a whole lot of information right now. So this is a bad precedent to set because they're basically saying everybody's mad at us, so we're going to acquiesce in some way, shape, or form just to try to appease you. That is not how this process should work. It's supposed to be there's actions, there's consequences, there's justice, there's not appeasement. So first of all, I don't like that part of it. I think a three-game suspension is kind of a joke, really. If, if they've been doing this for years, and this has dictated the outcome of big-time games, Big Ten championships, rivalries with Ohio State, college football playoff appearances, three games is nothing. It's absolutely nothing. They're trying to appease people while not pissing off Michigan because Michigan might win the national title, and they've even threatened to leave the Big Ten, I've heard rumors of. So they're trying to walk the line, and they look like idiots, in my opinion. Here's the other thing. It's pretty much well known that other schools said, hey, Michigan is doing this, so let's all get together and let's do it to Michigan. So what happens to those other schools now? I, I just think it's, been, it's, it's a guy, I feel like it's a guy in middle school who has all this pressure, and so he does something really dumb that he otherwise shouldn't have done because everyone around him is putting pressure on him. So, man, um, I, don't know, I don't know. Well, <laughs> well, my thought is, well, this goes back to like when the Houston Astros were stealing signs, right, with, with Major mm -hmm. League Baseball. I thought it was I thought it was ridiculous that people said the outcome of games were dictated by this based on them stealing signs because after they were done stealing signs they went on and and won a world series and continued to win every AL West. So how do I know that they were they were winning games specifically from that? Did they get an advantage? Sure, did they maybe get some extra hits? Sure, it's like going back to when the steroid era was happening in baseball. I still think Barry Bonds hits all those home runs. They just might not have been as far. You know, like I, you can't, you can't definitively say, yep, you hit the ball that much farther or they went over the fence or, you know, you were able to process it differently. And so with Michigan, 
We don't know how long it goes back to specific games, to specific teams. And so at this point, I can't say that it, it, that it changed one outcome to this point. I don't know. Secondly, I look at stealing signs like someone going 79 and a 70 and getting a speeding ticket. You're like, dude, I thought I was only going to get a speeding ticket if I was 10 miles an hour over the speed limit. You know, I always was told if you keep it at nine over, they'll let you go because they don't want to waste the time. That's what I always felt. Yep. Am I getting an advantage? Sure. I'm going to be going faster. Absolutely. Am I breaking the law? Sure. Should I get a ticket? Yeah. But are they going to handcuff me and arrest me because I was going 79 and 70? No. Should I get pulled over? Probably not. I saw a guy just pass me going 85. So I, I feel like to me, that's where I would have put the context of what they were doing. Sure. Should there have been a fine? All right. But I would have never suspended Harbaugh because you got to remember, if you want to look at precedent, the last time somebody was suspended for stealing signs in college football at the Power Five, it happened at Baylor. It was a coordinator. You know how long he was suspended? He was suspended for a half. And it wasn't the head coach that had to take the brunt of it. It was the individual that was doing it. So I feel like there's so much stuff up in the air. And plus, I would have let the NCAA handle it. You know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of when everybody was mad at, at the Big Ten because they weren't making a decision on games. And Kevin Warren goes, all right, we're canceling the season because of COVID. And then they walked it back. I feel like they're going to have to walk this back. Totally different situations, but it felt like the pressure to the Big Ten commissioner, like you said, was the reason why this decision came on Friday. And dude, to make it while he's on the plane, I thought was stupid as well, man. They should have waited till at least Monday. So a couple of things. If you wait for the NCAA to do something, you're going to be waiting 10, 15 years. So what? That's their, that's that's how it works? That's how it works? That's why the Big Ten had to step in. Why? Okay. He could have gone to the NFL and never been punished, and then they just would have fined Michigan. That, that That's that's how their system is set up. They you know Just like, like we've talked about, the rule may be dumb, but it is the rule. That's how they do punishments in college football. It's stupid. As a Miami fan, we waited like three years for a ruling that screwed up our program. But at the same time, that's how it works. Well, that's why the Big Ten had to step in and do something because it's not the way it should be. The punishment system is ridiculous. You can Pete Carroll at any time you want if you're a head coach and just, I'm out, I'm going to the Seahawks, see ya, and leave USC in ruins for a long time. My point is simply this. So a couple of things. All right, number one, all right, I would not wait for the NCAA. They need to change that process. That's why the Big Ten had to step in. Number two, to your 70 to 79 thing, all right, dude, Mike Shanahan in D.C. legit brought a cop in and talked to us because we had so many guys on the team getting pulled over for speeding tickets. And the cop goes, guys, just don't speed. Just don't speed. And then he walks away from the mic. He goes, okay, you didn't hear this from me. And legit what he said, he goes, if it's a 70, you can go 79. If you hit 80, you're getting pulled over. He goes, nine and under, you're good. He goes, but you didn't hear that from me. And then he walks back up to the mic and starts talking like That's normal. so funny, man. But it, it, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, my God, it's, it's the Shanahan team meeting with the yes, cops. Yeah. But here's what I will say. It kind of goes back to my point. We don't know. So how can you come out with a ruling right now? You can't wait for the NCAA, but you have to wait for the information. Let the process play out. You can try to speed it up. You can pay more people to do a deeper dive quicker into the investigation, but don't come out with the ruling if you don't know the information you need to know to make the ruling. And it kind of goes back to there's still a rule in place, Jeff. Like you can't say, well, I don't know how much it affected. If we're playing poker and I can just have a five second glimpse at your hand, you don't think that's going to dictate the outcome of the game. It's very similar. In no, but wait a second. Wait a second. With poker, wait a second. With poker, there are specific cards that are going to come out regardless. You still have to block the dude. Like, 
Chris Peterson, the longtime Washington head coach, mm-hmm. you know, you know what he said on Fox afterwards? He said, for all the people out there that think Michigan was winning because they were stealing signs, take this result, put it in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> I was like, whoa, Chris Peterson, I've never heard him say something. Like he's very well-mannered, very yep. calm, collected reserve. Yep. Yeah, yep. mild-mannered, and he's like, Put that in your pipe and smoke it. I was like, oh, dude. So I don't know, man. I just don't – I still think in football you have to block it. You still have to tackle. You still have to make the plays. And and and, and I don't think at any point Michigan knew every single play that was going to happen. Just like the Astros. They didn't know every single pitch that was going to happen. They still had to swing, put the bat on the ball. And, and, and so, yeah, they maybe had an advantage. And I think, just like you talked about the NCAA, it's a stupid rule that it takes them so long. It's a stupid mm-hmm. rule that you can't steal signs by going out in advance scouting. So, to me, it, it, it's like I'm fatigued with the story. I'm fatigued with the Harbaugh hate. Um, I, I actually believe Harbaugh absolutely knew nothing about it. I truly believe he knew nothing about what was going on, and it was everybody below him that was doing it. That was the that was There's the no evil. That's, possible. that's the most evil grin I've ever seen you give me. There's no way Connor Stallions is buying tickets to away games for years, and he's standing on the sideline, and Jim Harbaugh isn't aware of what's going on. I don't think he knew anything. It's the exact same thing as when Tom Brady claimed he didn't know. Dude, I'm a former quarterback. Okay, for a long time, I was higher recruited as a quarterback than DN. Wasn't even close. Nebraska said, and I quote, "You're not good enough to play defensive end here." End quote. Story for another day. My point is. Oh, I'm very particular how much air is in that ball when I'm throwing it. Even today when I'm practicing with my middle school team, and sometimes I got to step in on the scout team always quarterback. Trust me, I'll go through three or four balls before I get the ball with the right amount of air or lack of air in it. I'm very particular. Tom Brady knew. But here's the deal. Why do we got to slander on- the goat, man, while we're doing the show today, man? Why do we got to slander the greatest, the greatest human to ever walk the planet, but, man? But to, why- act like you, to act like you don't know is ridiculous. Harbaugh knew. Brady knew. The Astros obviously knew. Here's what I'm not saying. Okay, well, here's what I am saying. I'm saying there's a rule and you broke it. Okay. I'm, I'm sick and tired of people that are like, I, I have a kid in my own house. Well, I don't like the rule. So I'm going to do what I want. Oh, yeah. Well, it was a fun morning this morning with our 14 year old. I don't care if you like the rule. The rule's in place. You can talk to us about changing it, but until it's not in place, you're going to obey it or there's going to be consequences. So here's my point. That's been my attitude. It'll always be my attitude. Okay. Whether it's a law, whether it's a sports rule or whatever. Now, we don't. I guarantee it affected some games. I don't believe they knew every play. I don't, and I, I honestly am kind of like, you'd spend half the time trying to steal the sign while you're trying to call the play and figure out what you're supposed to do. To me, it could work both ways. It could actually detract a little bit, help obviously for certain reasons. But here's my point. We don't know how much it impacted. I'm not saying Tom Brady's not the GOAT because I still think he is. Okay, I'm not saying the Astros aren't still one of the best teams because they obviously are. My point is simply this. It's a rule. You broke it. It gave you an advantage. We don't know how much. But if it if it changed one point in one game, and that game happened to be Ohio State, and that happened to impact the Big Ten title game, and then the CFP, now all of a sudden it's a gigantic deal. But we don't know. But it was still a rule that was broken, in my opinion. I think that uh, it'll be interesting to see how it kind of plays out over the week and what they're able to do, if they're able to get a TRO, if they're able to get it uh, you know, s- sort of pushed back. And it feels like to me, man, Harbaugh has one foot out that door at the end of this year, man. It just You know I, what I want to happen? You know what I want to? Here's what I want to happen. And I'm not a Michigan guy. I'm not an anti-Michigan guy. I've always liked Michigan more than Ohio State ever since I was a kid. I don't know me why. Too. Me too. Um, here's what I want to happen. Okay, they already beat Penn State. Michigan should beat Maryland. And I want them to beat Ohio State. And then I want Harbaugh. 
I don't even care if they suspend him for the Big Ten title game, which they're probably going to play Iowa. There's no way Iowa wins. Okay. Yes. If they Iowa are, wins, baby. I quit this show because I don't want to listen to your crap about you being right for the next year. Um, but I digress. My point is, I hope they win out, and then I hope he can coach in the CFP and they win it all because then he can say we beat Penn State, we beat Ohio State, maybe the Big Ten title game. He probably will be able to coach. But if he's not, we won the Big Ten title game with with me not even being on the field. Don't question it because I want whatever happens in the CFP to be legit. Okay, so that's what I want to happen. Then I want Harbaugh back. I don't like the fact that he's going to make Nebraska's life harder, but he makes college football better. I agree with you. Adam Carricker, I am Jeff Turner. This is the Big Ten Show brought to you by Jacobson Seed Company. Let's move on to a real quick story that involves coaches, and I wanted to just get your take on this. Uh, Jimbo Fisher fired from uh, Texas A&M. He just signed a almost $100 million contract in 2021. He gets 70 some million dollars on the way out the door. In fact, he will make more in his buyout than the quarterback that helped him win a national championship at Florida State has made in his entire NFL career in Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston's made like low 70s in millions, and Jimbo's going to get 70 some plus to go away. Uh, is, is this a job that you here's, here's my only question about the actual job? The buyout is crazy, and that's a whole other story. Is this a job that's a perfect fit for a former Big Ten head coach in Urban Meyer? And here's my question, and here's my answer. I think it is. Number one, Michigan right now is, is in the crosshairs for controversy. So one thing with Urban when he left, all kinds of controversy at Ohio State, goes to Jacksonville, flames out. So you're not going to get the, the wrath, I think, of college football fans because they're so focused on the Michigan situation. And number two, both, these uni both the university and Urban need each other. Urban, if he wants to go out, not being the guy that had controversy at Ohio State and flamed out of Jacksonville, can go win some games in the SEC with all those resources at Texas A&M. And Texas A&M was stuck in neutral, as they said. Urban don't keep it in neutral, man. He puts the foot on the gas, and they win games. Utah, Florida, Ohio State. Would this be a perfect fit for the Pontiff, Urban Meyer? I don't know if it's the perfect fit, but it's a much better fit than we chatted about him real quickly the other day with Michigan State. I don't think that's a great fit. I think this is a good fit, and I think it could happen. I think every job opening in America that, that happens at the Power 5 level that's a relatively decent program, Urban Meyer's name is going to be attached. What if Harbaugh leaves Michigan and Meyer goes to Michigan? Yeah, no, it ain't happening. No, no, that ain't happening. My no. only thought with Jimbo is I'm not going to blame Jimbo. I mean – Give me a hundred million dollars to come there. Awesome. I suck and I still get 76. That's not my oh, fault. Yeah. That, that's your fault for being an idiot. Oh, he might I get dude. Mississippi State just fired their head coach. He might go there, man. I mean, like Jimbo, if he wants to be a head coach in college football, will be a head coach next season. If he wants to take a year off, and I don't know how the buyout works, man. I mean, I might take 10 years off if that was going to be the case. And I'm getting seven and a half million annually just to get paid off for the next five, six years after the lump sums come in. But yeah, man, Jimbo's Jim Jimbo's a good coach, man. He's just he didn't have it right at Texas AM like he had it right at Florida State. I will say this when AM brought him in and paid him you know, the $100 million, or he signed the $100 million contract, I was like, what are they doing? Yeah, Like, he's not that good. He's you not know, they, he's They not were scared he was going to LSU, so they tried to keep him. And then Dude, I was like, later. I don't – and then they handed him the trophy that said national champion, and then the year was blank or whatever, and they were just going to fill it in. I'm like, what's wrong with these people? So I didn't quite get it then, but I'm not going to blame Jimbo. The one thing I will blame him for, if you're going to recruit all that talent, for the love of God, coach it up a little bit. I mean, they were so talented, and they so underperformed. Yeah, no, I agree with you, man. It's going to be interesting to see what happens at AM with all that money. Let's get to the games that we watched this weekend throughout the Big Ten. Let's start with that game involving Michigan and Penn State. 
what did we say last week? Probably not a, a good opportunity for Penn State to stretch the ball down the field. They don't have a vertical threat, and that was the entire storyline, man. Drew Aller can't throw down the field. They don't have they, they wouldn't call plays. Now, Penn State has fired their offensive coordinator. I think some of that has to do with play calling in that game, but you can only do so much with what you got. And I just I felt like there were moments where they were pushing it down the field and they got that touchdown at the end of the first half. And then they went back to rushing the football. It felt like every time on first down, they ran like a 22 dive, like every single time, man. And it just wasn't working. So um, I, I think Penn state is what we thought they were a year or two ago and differently than what I thought they'd be this, this year, but Michigan man just played a really good football game and was motivated. Well, they were motivated. Uh, and you know, everybody's hard on Drew Aller right now. Here's what I see when I watch them. I don't see anybody open downfield. Like, who's he supposed to throw the ball to? Okay, yes, he can do certain things better, but my my take is they need to hit the transfer portal for some wide receivers. And I don't know if you remember this. One of the first shows you and I did, we talked about this young upcoming quarterback at Penn State named Drew Aller, and the big question mark for the team was the wide receiver position. And all these months later, it's not a question mark. It's a problem. And it's the thing that's keeping them from being, I mean, they're a top 10 team probably, but it's keeping them from being a top, top five team or even really close to it. Um, th they need to hit the wide receiver transfer portal. Here's the other thing. They're young. I looked. They have seven seniors on this roster. They have seven sophomores. They have just as many sophomores as seniors. To be fair to Penn State, and I came in bounding their drum just as much or more than anybody. Okay, so I'll accept that. They may Me be too. one year. They may be one year away from that. One year from now, if they can get some wide receivers, they may be what we thought they were going to be. You and I, anyways, going into this year. I think that's exactly right. And, you know, Cephas, I thought, was going to be better this year at wide receiver. Down the field, that hasn't been the case. They targeted him a couple times in the end zone. Wasn't able to get it. But, yeah, man, Penn State just just wasn't it against um, against Ohio State and wasn't it against uh, Michigan. So it is what it is at this point. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but – Iowa picked up their eighth win of the season. Shout out to Caitlin Clark, by the way, man, became the all-time leading scorer in Iowa yesterday in, in women's college basketball. But um, Iowa put up 22 points, gave zeros to Rutgers, and are just fast-tracking to the Big Ten title game where they will give Michigan or Ohio State all they can handle. I love that you said 22 points like it was like 52 points or something. They put up 22 points. <laughs> so I, I thought, Ruck, I, I knew this would be a close game. I figured it'd be low scoring. I thought it would be tight and close. It really wasn't. Um, I'll tell you what, man. Rutgers is a pretty decent team. Kudos to Iowa. And I, in my Character Chronicles show that I just did, two different times, I, I spoke about Iowa, then I vomited, then I spoke about Iowa, and then I vomited because I spoke about Iowa twice. I pointed to them to an example of what Nebraska needs to do better. Play great defense, great special teams, realize that you absolutely suck on offense, and game plan accordingly. Iowa's been doing great with that. Not so much the Huskers. So kudos to Iowa. I've made fun of their offense all year. It is still god-awful, but at least they know who they are and they know how to win with it. Get Kirk Ferentz a contract extension, man. Just another season off to the Big Ten title game. You know, that's the thing. People are like, oh, we had to move on from Kirk. For what? You're freaking Iowa, and you just you're always in the Big Ten conversation for it for a Big Ten title game. You don't win it, but dude, you could be Rutgers, you you could be Minnesota, Nebraska, whatever. Like you're Iowa's a step above of all those programs, and I understand the Brian Ferentz stuff, but Kirk Ferentz, I do knows how to coach some ball, man. He just wins games, doesn't care how he does it. 
Uh, what happened yeah. in a, what happened in Nebraska, man, over the well, weekend? So to be clear, I never said. I know you weren't talking about me, but just to no, be clear no. for those who've watched, I've never said get rid of daddy parents. No, it was no, baby parents. No, no. Right. no, no. Nebraska and Maryland. So anybody who follows me knows that I've talked about this a ton. I mean, it was it was. Uh, <laughs> he said it was it was. Uh, <laughs> it was a bunch of things all at once. It was an exciting game, yet very little points. It was absolutely disgustingly awful to watch, yet incredibly exciting. Because when you have eight turnovers and a majority of them in the second half, nobody has to score for there to be constant drastic changes in momentum back and forth. It was one of the most exciting but ugly games I've ever seen in my life. And, you know, Marcus Satterfield, Nebraska's offensive coordinator, he's catching a bunch of heat right now. He has struggled. And there's been a bunch of injuries this year on offense. They created their own quarterback problem. There's three guys who transferred who could be in the starting quarterback conversation right now. All right, Casey Thompson, Logan Smothers, and Richard Torres was young, but I could argue two of those guys would be starting for us right now, but they transferred. Then they put all their money in the bank of Jeff Sims. He's probably our third best quarterback at best. I don't even know. He's averaging, check this, he's averaging a turnover, one every 8.7 plays. And that's Nebraska's offense in a nutshell. Bottom line, uh, if you're on a losing streak, Michigan State six in a row, come play Nebraska. We'll be your slump buster. If you're on a losing streak, Maryland four in a row, we'll be your slump buster. What's Wisconsin lost three in a row? I'm going to predict Nebraska to win, but it only because it looks like Wisconsin's given up on the season. Dude, that's where I want to go next. Northwestern okay. and Wisconsin. <laughs> there is, I think, a very good likelihood that Northwestern gets to a bowl and Wisconsin doesn't. That Wisconsin yep. ends up five and seven. They got Nebraska and Minnesota the rest of the way. And Minnesota's up and down. I mean, that thing, flip a coin, dude. I, I got yep. awful right now. But yep. Northwestern has uh, Illinois and Purdue. They're going to win one of those games, man. And, and, and this is what makes me very upset because I think if Pat Fitzgerald was still the head coach, they would have had six wins by now. Um, I've always thought highly of him. Um, and so we'll see how that all plays out. But, man, 24-10, Northwestern on the road. Biggest shocker, I think, of the weekend for a lot of people is the way that that game played out. And Wisconsin has a real chance of missing a bowl, and Northwestern has a really good chance of making one. I thought, um, you know, the, the way that, you know, Northwestern was able to control, it felt like tempo in that game was key. And I don't know what's going on with Wisconsin, man, but you brought in a guy to to improve your offense and Luke Fickle. He's got to get his guys for that system because the guys that were there before don't fit what he's trying to do. I think Northwestern, they got to hire the interim head coach as their head coach. But done a great have, job, man. He might be the coach of the year in the big defensive team, coordinator at North Dakota State before he came here, man. Yes. It wasn't like it wasn't like he was coaching at at Ohio State or USC or Alabama. He was he was in Fargo at the Fargo Dome with the Bison. Okay, like that's pretty impressive. I think there's three guys that stick out to me as potential coach of the year candidates in the Big Ten. All right, Northwestern's interim head coach. All right, Ryan Day, if they beat Michigan, should win it probably because that's three top ten wins and no other team in the country has that. <sighs> or Kirk Ferentz. <laughs> he basically coached this entire year without an offense, and they might go nine and three, ten and two. <laughs> ten like, and two. Those- I am ten and two, baby. Ten and two. Dude, this is me being unbiased. <laughs> For anyone who thinks I'm just a Nebraska homer, I'm not. I do think Nebraska beats Wisconsin because Wisconsin has had quarterback issues, uh, injury issues, running back injury issues, wide receiver injury issues, and they've they've given up. 
So I do think Nebraska will beat Wisconsin, but Northwestern's coaching staff has been phenomenal this year. Kudos to them. It was 24 to three. Wisconsin's last touchdown was really kind of last minute cheap. No, absolutely. And finally, real quick, man, I'm not going to hit on the other games other than this one. Purdue, Molly Wops, Minnesota. And, and I'm not going to specifically ask you about the game, but if Michigan State comes a knocking, if another program like Mississippi State in the SEC or Texas A&M, I don't know, like I'm just throwing out openings right now. If they come a knocking for PJ Fleck, are you leaving Minnesota right now? Because it doesn't feel, it feels like there's a certain ceiling there and he may have already hit it. If I'm PJ Fleck, yes. And Minnesota yeah. fans are idiots for calling for him to be fired, by the way. Oh, God. That, yeah. That's all I got on that. Yeah. You guys are idiots. No, absolutely, man. You, lo you lose Mo Ibrahim to the NFL and, and, and graduation. That was your offense. Calicomanis, or whatever the hell you say his last name, had three touchdowns. But like that, that has taken a long time to evolve. So, um, you know, no, man. PJ, PJ is a good fit for Minnesota. He likes it there, it feels like. But, I don't know, man. How did they get beat so bad by Purdue? We'll get to all the know. we'll get to all know. the games this weekend. We got to get the heck up out of here. We'll see you guys later this week as another page is turned here on the Big Ten Show. He's the almost famous Adam Carricker. I'm the much less famous Jeff Turn. Thanks to Jacobson Seed Company for bringing you the Big Ten Show. We'll see y'all soon.